The nomination period for the 2021 Young Retailer of the Year Award program is open. The North American Hardware and Paint Association has recognized young leaders under the age of 35 who represent the future of independent hardware and paint retailing for 25 years. If you know someone who qualifies, visit yournhpa.org slash Y-R-O-T-Y to learn more. The deadline to apply is February 28th. That's this Saturday, so don't delay. Big thanks to the program sponsors, Aero, Epicor, Fluid Master, IPG, MyTech, Midwest Fastener, and Pony Jorgensen. Welcome to Editorially Speaking, the magazine podcast for the North American Hardware and Paint Association. I'm Melanie Mao, the managing editor for the association. On today's episode, we have Mike Kokish, co-owner of Gopher Ace in Minnetonka, Minnesota. He's here to talk to us about project management and how he used uh, project management best practices to open up a second store. Welcome to the podcast, Mike. Thank you. Uh, good morning, and thanks for having me. And just a pre-warning, I guess uh, I'm at home here instead of at the store today. So if uh, my dog barks, it's probably a little less distracted than the, uh, the actual store with the phones ringing and people knocking on the door. So, <laughs> yeah, I think I think everybody kind of has that expectation these days, for sure, of at-home interruptions. So I'm definitely no stranger to that. I tend to to schedule podcast recordings when my son is at daycare. So <laughs> strategic <laughs> in that. Yeah. So uh, like I said, um, you uh, spent the last year opening up uh, a second store. And uh, but let's let's backtrack a little bit and talk about how you got into hardware in the first place. Yeah. So, uh, you know, everyone's got their unique story. And I think with the hardware business, people can relate to that hardware is in the blood. Uh, my family actually started in uh, the hardware business in 1903. And uh, in Minnesota, there was two families, a Kramer family and a Kokish family. And my grandmother and her sister, who were Kramers, would actually go on to marry cousins who were Kokishes. And the Kokish family... Um, was in business. They had, uh, like I said, they had the hardware business and the Kramer family was in business. They had a general store and they sold everything from sporting goods to hardware to, they were a three, two joint. And so with the uh, marriage, the families kind of united together and, oh, it was probably in the late fifties, early sixties when the, uh, the families actually swapped inventory and the Kramer family went on to become a, a True Value hardware store and the Kokish family became an athletic business. So my father and his cousin uh, ran in the Midwest, one of the largest uh, athletic stores in the Midwest for a number of years. And so that uh, continued on. I started, uh, I grew up more or less in the business. I remember at the age of four into a green tote and sent downstairs on a conveyor belt. And I would go help my grandmother uh, who worked in the store uh, price do price changes on plumbing fittings. We would take the old plumbing fittings and I'd have to wipe away the ink and put new <laughs> prices on the, uh, the plumbing fittings. So that's how I would spend my weekends with her if I'd go visit her. And so that continued on her son, which was my uncle, um, had ownership in the hardware business, uh, the Kramer, uh, true Valley hardware business. And, uh, they, uh, opened a second store and that's when I started working for them. So, uh, at the, about the age of 13, Stayed in that for a number of years and becoming a manager of that uh, store for uh, some time. And then we looked at doing a store remodel. And this was probably back in 1997 or so. And so I needed help. And I uh, 
brought on a very good friend of mine. We went to high school together. Actually, we started in grade school together, different schools, but our schools were so small that we had to play baseball together as one team. So that's how I got to know Mark, who was my, uh, the other co-owner, uh, went to high school and college together. We're college roommates together. Um, he came and helped me at the, uh, the store and we did the store remodel from new flooring to new lighting to setting all the Logier fixtures and uh, merchandising. And I actually left in 2000. I started another career, which I'm still in today after almost 21 years. Uh, Mark also does some lawn mowing and um, snow plowing and, and uh, landscaping as well on the side. So we're uh, very busy people. And then uh, the store, the second store that we remodeled uh, was facing uh, demolition. They, the entire mall that they were in was bought out and they put in high rises there. And that point, the family decided to close up that store. So Mark and I opened up our uh, store together, kind of got away from the whole entire family in 2011. And so from there, it uh, kind of morphed. We did a conversion in 2019. We left the True Value and uh, joined Ace and uh, opened our second store here in April of 2020. So did you always, did you always think that maybe owning a store was in your future, you know, regardless of, of your career otherwise? Yeah. You know, when I left the business, I didn't anticipate uh, getting back into it at any point in time, anytime soon. Uh, when the opportunity arose, uh, it was something that I always had interest in. I always enjoyed, uh, was uh, enjoyed working in a hardware store. And I, like I said, I grew up in it. And so it was something that came very familiar to me. And the opportunity to own the store was was pretty easy in the sense that we hired about six or seven people that worked in the store previously. So we hit the ground running uh, and we all knew the business. So I think that that really helped. And so that decision was was pretty easy for us because we knew what it entailed and what it would take uh, to get going. So um, it was a pretty easy transition. Yeah. So. Um... How long before you decided you wanted to open a second store, and and how did how did those circumstances come up? You said that there was there was a strip mall that was going to be demolished, and instead you guys kind of jumped into that. Well, yeah, on the uh, the first location, um, that's how we got into the business. But with mm-hmm. the second store, we uh, you know we've always been interested in expanding, but we always told ourselves too that we wouldn't do it unless it wasn't the right fit. We didn't want to just jump into a second store to have a second store to put under our belt. We felt that it was really important to say, first of all, that we wanted to make sure that our first store was operational, that we could walk away from it and go focus on a second store. And so we needed to have it not necessarily run itself, but be self-functional and operational with the employees that we had there. And I think looking back at it now, you know, you could say that for many, many years, it, it never is perfect. It's not something you can walk away from at any time. You just have to accept the fact that there's going to be a lot of problems uh, no matter what. And that's part of the balancing act. Um, and so, you know, with that, we were always looking, we looked for about seven or eight years. Uh, we toured a number of different places. We found a lot of different markets. We actually entertained uh, twice of purchasing stores, one in which we literally backed away or walked away from at the last second, um, we had even conversations with their employees and it just wasn't right. And then the uh, second one we had, they actually walked away on us uh, literally after kind of a, a gentleman's agreement, but um, you know, teach their own, everyone has to do what's right for themselves and their business. And we learned a lot along the way. So that kind of forced us to really, you know, sit down and think about 
what direction we wanted to go. And, and it, like, again, going back to, we had to find the right opportunity in the right location. Yeah, that's a, that definitely is a, is a long time to, to find the right fit. Um, and I think that that um, comes up a lot in, in conversations we have with retailers where some people, you know, we're just focused on doing the next thing as, you know, as quickly as possible or, you know, however it comes about, but, but taking the time to really plan and, and making sure it, it will go well, you know, kind of ends up with a, with a good result. Right. Right. Um, would you be open to sharing um, some of those, uh, some of, some of the things that came up with that store that you decided to walk away from? Well, the, uh, the, fir- yeah, the first one that we, well, yeah, we had one walk away on us and one that we walked away from, uh, I think with the, the reason why we walked away from the first one was that it just, for us, it, it didn't make sense, um, to get involved and entail. There was a lot of, a lot of strings, I should say, attached or there's a lot of history in with that, uh, that store. And, like many stores, there's several different owners, there's several people involved. And so sometimes, you know, purchasing a store can get very complicated. In some cases, it can be very clean uh, for people. And that's great. And to really unravel all that gets really confusing. And at some point in time, you just have to say, you know, is this is this what we want to get involved in? And, and do we want to walk away from it? And what's it going to cost us long term to do this? So um, when it really boiled down to it, it, it just needed to make sense. Yeah different, different things fit for different people and different businesses. So yeah, that, that makes sense. Since you took, um, took your time finding the right store, you probably identified uh, along the way, a lot of the things that, that you knew would need to happen in order to make the second store a success. Um, so what were some of the bigger projects you anticipated you would need to work through to get a second store up and running? Yeah, man, that's a, that's a big, uh, a big thing. Um, we had, like I said, we came out of a conversion uh, about just about a year prior to that. Uh, we had fully converted and, oh, it was probably, fe- well, I don't know if we're ever fully converted. There's always changes you're making, but it was completed. The project was completed in the end of February of 19. And we found our second location in August of uh, 2019. So a really quick turnaround you know, with the conversion, we were dealing with a number of things, learning a new way of retailing with that distributor. And so, um, and then all of a sudden we had an opportunity land on our laps uh, for the second location. So we ended up signing the lease on December 31st, 2019 on New Year's Eve. Uh, And we had other things that we needed to do. We knew that we needed to change our point of sale system. We had an IT infrastructure issue at our current, our first location. Um, our point of sale system was getting out of date. We had computer equipment that was eight years old. And so we pulled the trigger at the same time on implementing a whole entire new point of sale system in January of 2020. So it took time to get that hardware and get everything set up. And uh, you know, we were dealing with that. We literally had computers falling apart on a daily basis. We lost two of our computers um, and we also lost our server. And so we were literally taking fans out of other computers to change them out and hard drives. We were on a, on a very, uh, walking a, a fine line, I guess, uh, about crumbling and going to an old Casio register at one point in time. But thankfully, uh, we survived through that. And we did the conversion also from a new point of sale system as we implemented a new store, too. So when you say you, do you literally mean you and, and Mark were were disassembling computers or did you have uh, tech people involved in that? 
we literally did it ourselves. Um, you know, we made some phone calls on what to do and some of them were pretty easy fixes, but it was the stresses of, holy cow, we have a broken computer. We can't ring anybody up. You know, we're, we're collecting all this data and, and we weren't able to do it. And so it was, we need computers right now. And, you know, teach their own. It's a lesson learned there that we should have probably stayed up on the technology. And that's a, that's a big thing. Technology is changing so rapidly and, you know, in the hardware industry, I think, you know, I'm just growing up through it. And I think people can relate is the hardware retailers aren't really used to having all this technology. We haven't operated that way. Uh, things were much easier 15, 20 years ago when you didn't have all these UF, you know, these scanners and readers. And yeah, that makes things more efficient uh, right now, but there's expenses tied to that. And so, um, and there's a learning curve with it and computer and technologies break. So that was part of it as well. And, and having said that, there were additional things that we needed to change. We had security cameras in there that, that even though they weren't that old, they weren't high definition. They weren't the best that you could possibly get for quality wise. We knew we needed to change that. So we changed our security camera system. Um, this is all going on, mind you, while we're implementing the second store. So we're, we're adding the second store. And in our current, our first location, we changed out all the uh, cameras ourselves. We updated that, you know, and even something as simple as you go in the office, you, you look at these security cameras and we're all watching it on a, maybe a 20 inch screen on your computer screen. And you look at these little icons, you're like, how can you see anybody? So I went out and bought a 60 inch television screen and put it up on the wall. So now it looks like, you know, a control center in there, but you have a 60 inch television screen. You can buy TVs for cheap. And so we threw that up on the wall. We changed that. We changed our alarm system out. Um, we also changed, uh, you know, with our point of sale, we changed our, well, we had to buy a new key machine for the new store, but we want to make sure that we had the same key machine. Logistically, we wanted everything to work uh, together. And so when you went to that second store, the phone system was the same. We changed that out as well. Uh, we have one telephone number. We have one website. Everything logistically fell into place. So if you went from store one to store two, it was like you're working in the exact same store. It was just a different location. So there were a lot of uh, behind the scenes things that needed to occur that we didn't want to have a complicated transition. And so we put a lot of effort into making sure that everything was kind of lined up and done logistically. So the operations kind of would run smoothly. Were those changes you would have made in your first store if you hadn't been opening a second store? Oh, absolutely. There was things that, you know, we're constantly looking at ways on how we can improve our day-to-day -day operations. And we try not to forget about those things. You look at like an employee handbook, for instance, um, and I can relate because we've been there. You write a, hand, a employee handbook and you don't touch it for eight, nine years later. Um, you know, and it was, and we did it. We put it on to the side and we're like, now is the time we need to change this. We need to have this, uh, these policies and guidelines implemented in both stores. And it forced us to do that. Now we continue to modify that. Um, we have employment attorneys looking at that and making recommendations along the way. Things are changing. And so now that we have it established, it's much easier to stay on top of. And it's a lot of it's just responsibility to setting aside, hey, we need to look at this um, and do it. And so a lot of those things, by having those efficiencies in place, things become a little easier uh, as you continue on. So part of this this concept of making these stores as similar as possible was 
was because you eventually wanted you staff to be able to work in both places, right? Yeah, we, you know, we told our staff um, after we signed the lease, we told our staff about it in, in January, about a week or two later, we had a store meeting. We went and had a pizza party and uh, brought everybody together and, and announced it to them. And we told them at the time, we said, listen, we're not going to force any of you to work at the second location. Our actually our second store is located uh, nine minutes east of our first store off the same exact highway. It's 13 minutes doorstep to doorstep. So we were close by and that kind of circle back. We, our second location, we didn't want to be an hour away or 45 minutes away. And that was one of the difficulties for us to try to find a location that was relatively close because we needed to, I don't want to say baby it, but we needed to be there for it. And I think distances can create some problems with that as well. And so when we told the staff, hey, listen, we don't want you to, we're not going to force you rather to, to go to that other location. Um, if you want to work there and help out, absolutely. We'd be, you know, uh, we, we'd be you know, appreciative of that. And uh, we had a number of employees that said, yeah, they were willing to pitch in and help out and do that. So that was great. And it, it works really, really well. And we also have customers that shop both stores because of that proximity it's nice that they can see the same employees sometimes working at both locations that feel like you're walking into one, one store. It's not, we don't want to have a competition between stores. We wanted a team approach to this. And so, and that's kind of the feeling that we wanted to take on. If we, if we decide to expand again, that's something that we want to continue on. I think we've created something here along the way and it's morphed into this um, one type of store, essentially yeah. creating our own brand, essentially, you know? Yeah. Um, so you said you had that conversation with your staff in January, 2020 at a pizza party. Was that one of your last pizza parties before <laughs> it was. Uh, COVID swept through? <laughs> well, we, we bring in pizza to the store now though, quite a bit for them, but uh, yeah, you know, we, uh, yeah. Mark and I are, aren't much for, um, having meetings all the time. And, you know, sometimes with meetings, it turns into a complaint session. And mm -hmm. I think it sometimes comes off as, the wrong tone that we give out. And when you have a meeting, it's, you know, you throw some good news in there, but what happens is it's like, Hey, we need to do this better. We need to do that better. And I think everybody's intentions is to try to improve the business. But I think sometimes it leaves kind of a fall taste in everybody's in mouth when you walk away from it. But we decided a while back to just do maybe one meeting a year. And with the last P that was the last pizza party, obviously with COVID, but we really changed our communication ways and we just now send out emails on a regular, on a regular basis. And I think everybody appreciates that they're already putting in enough time at the store. The last thing I want to do is work at a store for eight hours and then, you know, do it on a Sunday at five o'clock when we closed and now they're there till seven o'clock. And then they have to be back the next morning. It's just, it's a lot to ask. And so the communication via email was, it has improved drastically. Um, when we told everybody about the second store, to much to our surprise, everybody started clapping and cheering us on. And it was it, it, we were really humbled by that and kind of taken back by that reaction. We didn't expect that at all. And uh, I think all the hard work that you that we go into in adding a store, whether it be a first one or second one or third or so on, um, to have that reaction from your employees is is pretty cool. Uh, and you know that all that <laughs> you sign your life away, right? With the banks and whoever else. And mm -hmm. to have that, I think just resonated with us. Like we could take a, a, a sigh of relief and we just sat back and we're like, oh, you know, we, we made it um, to there. And this is, this is great. So. Yeah. 
yeah, that is great to have their to have their buy-in from the start. Exactly. Yep. Um, so, um, how did COVID impact your plans? Then did it did you have to significantly change your process? You know, interesting. <laughs> we had the uh, the train stayed on the tracks. We were we were heading down the tracks, so to speak, and uh, we couldn't derail. You know, and like I said, we had signed our lease back on the 31st, December 31st on New Year's Eve. And uh, I remember that day vividly because it was the weather was really bad. <laughs> and uh, I had just uh, left the grocery store and ended up rear-ending a lady because uh, it was so icy. So oh, no. <laughs> one from good got worse. <laughs> but, uh, uh, you know, then COVID hit in, you know, whatever month it was, you know, it's kind of a blur now. It was probably March. Um, Mark had, uh, I went on vacation actually, <laughs> what a better way to start the story. This was planned well before we even found the second location it was well over a year in advance with some friends of ours. And, and, uh, it was at the end of February, beginning of March when that's when we got into the location to set starting up all our fixtures before we were painting and doing all the work ourselves. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, Mark had to set up the entire store himself when I was gone on vacation and he was setting up all the the logier fixturing um we didn't hire that out and uh um, believe it or not i got a phone call the second day into my vacation that one of our uh, sprinkler pipes had burst at the first location oh, and it no. was on our outside storage and uh, we lost thousands of dollars of inventory and it was just a mess so he was dealing with that while i'm sitting in a swimming pool um <laughs> <laughs> you know with a little umbrella in my glass uh, and then COVID hit and uh, it was right around that time when it was really just starting to take off. And in addition to that, we had about 11 employees who decided that they didn't want to work and wanted to stay home. So oh, not wow. only were we heading into a spring season with the first store, we were up against uh, setting the second store and having employees that not weren't willing to come in. Um, they just wanted for their safety, wanted to stay back at home, which is you know, mm -hmm. completely fine and respectable. And we honored that. And uh, yeah, so we had a lot to deal with that was completely unexpected. I don't think anybody could expect what would come out of it. Um, in addition to that, the mall that we are in for the second location, um, you know, obviously the, there's national news around here after we opened uh, in May and a lot of businesses near us started boarding up for their protection of their businesses. So we faced that. We had road construction out in front of our store that the city had implemented. They put in a couple of roundabouts and we lost a lot of traffic. What yeah. used to have 85,000 cars through the intersection in front of our store a day went down to maybe 100. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, it was a, a huge um, effect. So not only did we have COVID issues, we had road construction issues, staffing issues. Um, you know, we were dealing with a broken water pipe and lost inventory at the other store and um, so we had a number of things. We were implementing a new uh, point of sale system because we implemented that in January. So we're learning that with data transferring over and repricing the entire store. So there was a lot to, to take on. And I think really, you know, pandemic or not, you're always going to have outside challenges. Um, it doesn't just necessarily have to be a pandemic. It could be other things that you're taking on. And, and uh, you know, it's really kind of how you deal with them and how you plan for it to, to get you through it. So did you put in place um, plan B's or, you know, buffer time to include for, for possible roadblocks like that? 
Uh, plan B, plan C, plan D. <laughs> right on down the line, we had a plan every day, had a plan every hour, seemed like the plan changed. Um, yeah, we, and a lot of it honestly was just, uh, you're like, well, this went wrong. And you, you sit for a minute and you start talking through some ideas and you figure it out and you move on. Um, you know, one of the, as crazy as this sounds, Mark and I are, are um, I guess, very good at multitasking. And one of the, you know, it's like I say, sometimes, or as crazy as it sounds, it's sometimes it's easier dealing with a bunch of chaos all at once than it is to prolong it. Um, and some of our employees got to the point where they're like, well, what do you want me to prioritize? I remember uh, one of our staff saying that to me and I told her, I said, well, everything's a priority. And you, she kind of looked back at me and, and was like, well, you know, my list is 30 items long, which do I tackle first? I said, you know what you do? I said, you take your list and you find the ones that you can tackle right now and accomplish because then you feel like you are getting through some of that. And so everything's on the list as priority, but, you know, put away the ones that we can't figure out for right now and hit the ones that you can, because you're going to feel just psychologically like, wow, I'm getting through this list. And so um, a lot of it was just kind of learning as we went. Um, um, yeah. So did, did everybody, you know, everybody who was left at your, on your staff, 11 people is a lot to lose all at once. Um, so was it, was it more hands on deck, all hands on deck than usual? Uh, yeah, we also were fortunate. We had some good, uh, staff from high school students and college students, you know, because they weren't in school, uh, mm -hmm. they were at home and a lot of them decided that they wanted to work. They could take school at night. And, uh, you know, with the PPP loan coming through, we were able to, um, do that for our, our staffing was to put them to work longer and some of them working overtime. And that really helped, you know, that was kind of our seasonal staff that was coming into play and they came in and started working earlier than anticipated. We usually rely on them, you know, after school's out in the May, June timeframe. So that helped. Um, and then on top of it, things got a lot busier. I mean, the retail environment changed. It just, so we had a lot to, to unravel, you know, fortunately with the second store, we opened that on April 15th on tax day, which actually got extended anyway. So in the middle of a pandemic during road construction and everything else. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we got that going up and going a little bit before the busy season, which was good. So we had a little bit of time there on our side and inventory supply was good at that point in time. Um, you know, there's always a silver lining there and we probably could have, would have, should have, and, and uh, you know, what would have happened if we waited to June to open it? You know, you couldn't even get Lysol and things like that. But we were very fortunate to open it with a fully stocked store. So, yeah, staffing was definitely a big thing. Yeah, it's definitely, like you said, you don't really even remember when things changed when COVID came in. And it's so strange to think back at, you know, last June. So did you see, you know, a lot of retailers um, talked about how sales just went up astronomically um, in the second quarter last year. So did you see that same kind of, um, that same kind of shift in sales, um, whether, you know, you were doing, if you did curbside pickup or, you know, expanded online ordering, that sort of thing. Um, did you see that in both stores? We, uh, yeah, yes. We actually, uh, more so in the first store than the second store. Our second store, there were some issues getting online and, and there was issues with Google and, and 
um, getting, you know, the Google business listing on there, um, mm-hmm. you know, parts that we either forgot about or kind of set aside. You don't think of those things. Um, but yeah, our, our sales were started going up. We had a, a really good increase. Our um, buy online, pick up in store and curbside. And we, I think for everybody can relate to this. We had to change how retail was done and we had to adapt. And mm-hmm. part of that is employees too, and getting them comfortable with it. I mean, we literally, when I say, you know, earlier it's hour by hour, it was hour by hour at that time, the, the state was changing rules there. The CDC was coming out with different suggestions and, you know, you literally are like, you wake up in the morning and you're like, well, what are we going to do differently today? We told everybody this is how we're operating yesterday, but you know what? Today we're operating this way until 2 p.m. And then we're going to change it again because, you know, the state came out and said, hey, we're we're either closing things down or we need to do this and that. And and so, yeah, I mean, in some cases it was hour by hour um, and you and we had to adapt to that. And, uh, you know, and then when you have certain you have certain employees too that they don't understand the change or they don't know how it, it and nobody likes change. Um, and in learning to adapt to the change is, is part of that. And so that kind of that mentor, that, that coach that in addition to, Hey, we have a business here, we need to change our daily operations. So yeah, there were a lot of things, um, you know, and I remember seeing stores or reading about stores too, that, uh, uh, you know, they had drive up windows, you know, we didn't have that luxury, but we're like, wow, what's going to happen if we need to go to that? What would happen tomorrow if we needed to do that? And how are we going to implement that? So uh, there were a number of challenges, obviously, with that. Uh, and we continue still today uh, with those. And I think we've kind of gotten through the, the thick of it, uh, hopefully. And, you know, we made some efficiencies from that. So, um. Are, are services like curbside pickup and buy online pickup and store things you're continuing? Yeah, absolutely. We're continuing that. We're continuing to do uh, deliveries uh, mm-hmm. as well. So that was also another challenge because, yeah, we would still, we always delivered. That was one of the things that we like to offer to our, our customers. Um, we actually expanded our delivery area now, which is, you know, be careful what you wish for a scenario, but yeah. Um, you know, it, uh, with that mixed in with it too, is we needed our staff there. We have a, a garden center that we ran in the spring. And so we need staffing for that as well. Um, so it was, we had a lot of, uh, there was a lot of different avenues there to, to look at, but I think really at the end of this too, it's, it's made us better. Um, it's really kind of morphed into it's a, a different way of retailing altogether. Uh, the hardware retailing today is completely different than it was not even a year ago. And while some stores may opt to say, hey, I can't wait to get back to quote unquote normal, um, you know, we're looking at this as an opportunity as what did we learn from this? How did it better our business? What things didn't affect our business with? where are changes, you know, that we need to make and how do we move forward from this and really kind of make us better because of it. There's a lot of things we learned, um, which is a whole nother conversation for another day, you know, regarding uh, retailing after, after this or going forward, but really kind of the big picture here is, wow, there's more opportunity here than probably meets the eye that we knew. Yeah. 
um, as a third store uh, in your in your thoughts yet? Yeah, believe it or not. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, you know, we're always, uh, uh, we're always looking for opportunities. Um, and if something pops up, you know, we're definitely, <laughs> we're, we definitely are interested. Um, you know, why not? We've, <laughs> we've been through quite a bit and it's funny. Uh, we've always, Mark and I joke with each other as, and as we has the, uh, the project managers that have come in the store, both of our stores are not square. Um, one has got more angles and walls than you can, you know, <laughs> shake a stick at. And the other one is exactly the same way. So uh, I don't even know what would happen if we found a location that was a square box. I think we would, <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't know if we would know how to operate. We're, we're used to operating under some weird circumstances. That's for sure. <laughs> so what would you do differently uh, if a third store came up? Anything that? jumps out at you? I'll tell you what, I, I, I don't know if we would change a lot. And I, and that sounds, um, that sounds weird, but I, we learned a ton from our conversion. Uh, we learned so much from our conversion and we ran into um, some internal problems that we had with the conversion that really taught us um, how to go about our second store. And I, I guess I, I circle back to the whole logistics of operations. When we opened that second store, it was, we wanted our paint tinting machine to be the same. We wanted our paint matching system to be the same. We wanted our phones the same, the security system the same. Even when our employees lock up, their code at either store is identical. Um, we wanted the efficiencies where I could turn the alarm off if somebody, or turn it on rather, if somebody forgot from my phone at home. Um, we wanted the camera systems to intermingle together that I could be looking at both stores at the same time or share that video. Um, and so all those things, when you really kind of made it a lot easier uh, to, to do that second store. And I think going forward, having those in place is, is important. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, those are small things, but sometimes those small things can turn into, you know, bigger issues that aren't thought of, um, you know, and then also too, is really, you know, if we were to do a, going forward is having your plan in place, and having realistic timelines and goals uh, is important. You, you can't say, hey, I'm going to open on, you know, we said April 15th. I think that date changed a number of times. Um, I think it was at one point, April 1st. I think it was sometimes it was end of March. You know, you have to be open to um, flexibility and change because there are going to be problems that come up. And you have to really kind of prepare for what's going to happen if you know, we didn't expect to have lose 11 employees. <laughs> you yeah. know, that's kind of dramatic. But um, what's going to happen if all of a sudden I don't get that shipment in because things come in at different times. Uh, fixtures get delayed. Uh, it's probably especially more so now than ever with the supply chain problems that are going on you know, that's, that would be a real big question that I would be asking right now. If someone's looking at adding a store or converting or whatever it may be, or doing their first store would be, all right, what, uh, number one is when realistically are all these things going to show up and can we confirm them to say, yep, they're going to be here by such and such a date. Well, are they? And if they don't show up, what's our plan? Because everything is hinged off of one thing is connected to the next. You can't set something. The product might be there, but if you don't have the fixturing or the display rack for it, it's not going to do you any good. So um, really kind of start asking those harder questions of what's the realistic um, time frame that we have here. And, and uh, 
can we meet that and be open to the fact that you're going to have to adjust? Um, if you prepare yourself for failure, I think that's that's pretty important um, because that way you're not surprised by it when it comes along. <laughs> you know, there's everyone, you know, everyone would love to have success and can prepare for success and, and imagine how great things are going to be. You're going to be busy and everything's going to be wonderful and, you know, rainbows and unicorns. Right. But, uh, you know, the reality is, is that it isn't that way. You know, we also too, and to hit on this, we didn't even get to have a grand opening and we probably won't. I mean, how do you have a grand opening a year after the fact? Well, we've already been open. So there's these things too, that we had planned for all that. We, and unfortunately we had to pull back from it. So grand um, opening observed in a year. <laughs> right. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe you do an anniversary sale or something. I don't know. We'll have to, yeah. we've been talking about ideas. We've had probably three different dates in mind that they keep adjusting, but what do you do? Yeah. Well, uh, my last question was what advice would you give other retailers? But I feel like you touched on, on that kind of throughout. So, you know, my biggest takeaways from this is finding the right fit, taking your time to find the right fit and, and kind of just establishing consistency were kind of the big things it seemed like for you. Yeah, I think, uh, the consistency, having things, you know, whatever you can do to prepare yourself to go easily as planned, um, you know, or as expected that, and, you know, the one takeaway here from anything is that, uh, you know, be prepared that things are not going to go as expected, um, Mm -hmm. is important. Um, there are a lot of project managers out there that you could literally toss the keys over to and let them run with it. Um, at the end of the day, it's your store. You have to decide what's right for you and, and, uh, everybody's in a different position and, you know, whether or not they, um, you want to walk away from it or whether or not you want to be involved in our situation, you have two owners and we want to be involved in our store. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we're not looking to be the next big national store by any stretch of the imagination ever. <laughs> uh, we want to stay local. <laughs> and so I think in starting in, integrated in that community. So hence why we wanted to be involved in our store and, and we went, right on down to the blueprints. We, uh, what was suggested to us, we completely flipped at 180, uh, where product placement is. And you know, and again, that's each up to everybody individually. It's how far, how involved you want to be. But, uh, I would suggest getting involved. <laughs> yeah. It's, yep. it's be worth involved. it. Yep. It's, you're going to have some headaches out of it, but in the end it, it is, you'll be much happier, I think with the end result. Yeah. Well, Mike, I appreciate your time today. Um, I have not had the opportunity to visit Minnesota, but it's on my list once travel is a thing again. Um, so hopefully right. uh, we we get up to your area and take a visit at at least stores one and two, and maybe by then number three. So we'll maybe see three and like. <laughs> we'll put you to work. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Well, All thanks right. hey, again thank you. for your time. All right, appreciate it. Thank you.